And we are back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Back, and as I said last week when we had this discussion coming off of that recruiting weekend, it was just a surreal recruiting coverage experience to really see the response to Michigan getting beaten by Wisconsin be as positive as it was. And uh, it hasn't really died down. You're going to get into a couple of more responses that we didn't touch on last week, but going to do it with my crew like I do every single week, an outstanding crew over at the MichiganInsider.com. Do a great job always, the best on the recruiting beat, starting off with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how you doing? Good, guys. Good weekend. Hope you guys had one, too. Absolutely. Uh, look, <laughs> I think we all did based on Michigan. Can you imagine if Michigan had lost <laughs> to Rutgers, what our week would have been like on the site? So, you know. Count my blessings in that regard, of course. We are also joined by Bryce Marich. Bryce, how you doing? Doing good. Like you said, I was going to stop the bleeding, finally. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. You obviously know all about it already, so tell your friends about it. Tell them they can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, of course, is really popular. iTunes, uh, they can find it. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast. But guys... Uh, we spent so much time on the five-star visitors last week in Will Johnson and Damani Jackson. We'll get back to talking about Will here shortly, who shortened his list. Sierra Wright, we didn't touch on the presence of Jaden McBurrows, who showed up the next day, and you guys know how bullish I am about Jaden McBurrows as a player. I've been outspoken in my belief in his ranking. I think he's an underrated player. I think that he's a guy with high potential for coming in and playing right away as you heard me say on previous podcasts very much in the mold of a guy like Lavert Hill of a guy like JD or Jordan Lewis and a guy like David Long maybe a little shorter than David Long but in that range size wise but Steve as you know the measurables you know those metrics can often tether a recruiting ranking and while his recruiting ranking was boosted some uh, he's still in that three-star range but an immediate playing time guy for Michigan as far as I'm concerned. And Michigan has to be pleased to see him reiterate his commitment, not only during his time here on campus with those future would-be teammates, but also after he went home and our Andrew Ivans caught up with him and he doubled down and said, hey, I'm solid to Michigan. Yep, 100%. Uh, Ivans actually, to me personally, referred to McBurrows as a baller. Uh, he's kind of the one that ranks him, so – I know our fans will react great to know that he didn't get a huge bump, even though he's telling me that the kid is a baller. Um, either way, I agree with you fully. I think, you know, the thing about McBurrows I always look at was remember all the offers he got in the spring is a guy that I think, I didn't, I think there are a lot of kids out there like in this cycle who, you know, if they'd have been able to camp and had camps and, and done the one-on-ones and stuff in the spring and the summer where our people would have gotten to watch him like against, you know, the best of the best, you know, these are the types of guys that probably would see like a, a more significant rise in their rankings. Not to say that a great senior season can't push it and that he want, that he's might not be done. I mean, I think he was bumped again. I think he's at an 88 now. Uh, he started, he was at an 86 as of like, I don't know, two or three months ago. So he is seeing a steady, a lot of times I think guys that close strong in the rankings, it's usually something I feel like they're going to, they're on their way up just in general. So yeah. And obviously, you know, he, he's no different than the targets they're still going after looking at Michigan's cornerback situation thinking, you know, hey, like I could play right away here if I, you know, put in the time and and, and show up in shape and, and ready to go. So um, quietly, knowing now Michigan has one true corner commitment right now, and that's him. Quietly, one of their most important 
verbal commitments on the board right now, bar none, just for that a, for that simple reason, but B, you know, I think we're all in agreement, probably more of a four-star caliber player um, and a guy that could make an instant impact for them. Yeah. He, he, that man to man ability that they lack the ability to play the ball in the air, speed and quickness. He just doesn't have that over six foot size, but, Look, man, uh, really good hip fluidity. He can turn and run with people, and he is physical. Uh, he may be 5'10", but uh, he absolutely lays the wood. you got to love him and run support if you watch his film. I just think that he has the tools necessary to come in and play right away. But you got to be heartened by him basically just dismissing the talk of Miami outright. He said, oh, they talked to me a little bit. I am solid to Michigan. It was like, you know, you asked me a question about Miami, I'll answer it. But I'm solid, and we're going to turn things around. And he was one of the ones, uh, you know, while that drubbing to Wisconsin was going on, he was one of the ones tweeting like, hey, I promise you this is going to be different when I get there. That is huge for Michigan. Now, absent that weekend was Jaden Hood. Now, Jaden Hood said that he was – he told me ahead of time that he probably wasn't going to be able to make it. So it was not a surprise when the weekend rolled around that he wasn't here. Uh, but it led to further speculation about his presence in the class. He has always been a guy, Bryce, that has talked about taking visits to other schools. So it should come as no surprise that even with the talk, even with the extension of the dead period, he is still talking about visiting other schools. And that's why he's not going to be signing during the early period. With Janen, he's been a guy that I think all three of us consensusly can say that he's kind of been flimsy in terms of his commitment. We haven't been hundred percent sure kind of where he stands. I know he is committed, but it's one of those guys where if you had to pick one guy out of the class right now, he'd probably be the most uncertain just because he's never been to campus. He's still actively talking to several schools, not just one. It's Miami, it's Minnesota, it's Maryland. It's so, and he's, you know, not turning it down compared to Jaden, who's turning these down. You know, he's saying, thank you for the call, but I'm solid, you know? And so Jaden made his commitment blind. And so, but he made that trip up with Jaden. I'm not sure How if about we use last names, right? <laughs> Jaden Hood. Yeah, let's let's go big burrows in Hood so people know which Jaden you're talking about. Okay. Well, <laughs> with Jaden McBurrows, he made the commitment blind. Whereas and then he finally made that trip up to Michigan so he could see everything. But with Jaden Hood, he did not. And so like you said, that's something where, you know, he wanted to come up couldn't make it happen. If he doesn't make a visit up to Michigan, I'm not so sure how plausible it is to see him in this class. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think that Minnesota, Minnesota seems to be the most aggressive. And you guys might recall, they thought they led, you know, at least the, the impression that some of the beat guys that cover their recruiting gave off is that Minnesota thought it led for Jaden Hood when he committed to Michigan. And his commitment was not an invitation to them to kind of lay off. It seems like their pursuit intensified. And like you said, Bryce, he hasn't shut the door. Uh, He continues to to really talk to them. I'm not sure how sold I am on Maryland. He sort of made a comment about they probably think I'm ignoring them, but I'm focused on my season right now. I just don't know that that relationship can be built strong enough to overtake a Michigan who he's committed to, uh, a Minnesota who is probably recruiting him the hardest and a Miami, the one that he's probably the most familiar with. So I think he will wind up at one of those schools, if not Michigan. I still think that Minnesota uh, poses the biggest threat. Time will tell. 
Uh, and a lot depends on, in my opinion, if he's going to be able to make that dead period visit sometime in the next few weeks, if not the new year. So we'll see how that goes. But let's switch gears and get into the uh, kid who is not committed to Michigan and a guy that they played that that Fort Lauderdale St. Thomas Aquinas team played last week. And you just went to see him a couple of weeks ago, Bryce, in Lehigh Acres cornerback Omarion Cooper, who I thought it was very interesting how adamant he was about Michigan's presence with him, ongoing presence with him. So he's the guy, like you said, I went to go see down at Jacksonville, Florida, Marion Cooper, six foot, 170. Not the greatest game I got to see him play against. It was a triple option offense, so he didn't have to do much man-to-man, but he showed the willingness to get out there and tackle. He's not afraid to put his you know, head in there, right in the middle, and try to make a tackle. And He's the guy who instantly was excited that the Michigan reporter was coming down to Florida to cover him because he said, listen, this – interest is more than legit it's a school i talked to more than oh florida state he said it's shortage it's don brown it's jim harbaugh it's all of them talking to him and he's talking to him multiple times a week and that's not you know he's not shutting the door on them and i the biggest things that i'm in who actually got to talk to cooper as well following that game was he doesn't plan on signing in december so that gives michigan more time to kind of work on him and hopefully maybe get them to visit. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are wondering, wait a minute, you were using Florida State's downturn this season as, as an advantage, as something to maybe lure him. But Michigan has been off to a bit of a rough start as well. It just seems like even with you know the, the issues that Michigan has experienced on the field, it just feels like the response to that from recruits is just different. Than the race. I mean, think about Brandon Jennings, who you went to see in Jacksonville, Bryce. Things started going south at Florida State, and he decommitted. He was the number one recruit in their class, right? But Michigan, things started to go poorly, and their commitments sort of affirm their, their pledges. Like, hey, we are more solid than ever, and we are going to be a part of the change. I think that's maybe the, the different dynamic that's in play between these two schools Steve, that again, I admittedly, I'm still surprised by how the uncommitted guys are really latching on to it, but it has everything to do with guys like we mentioned last week, guys like JJ and, and, you know, Tristan Bounds and uh, who else was here last week and, and Rod Moore, who got his fourth star, no longer your underrated guy, Steve, (laughs) right? All those guys saying, Hey, we are locked in. I think that kind of gives off a vibe to guys like Amarion Cooper. Like, hey, you know, they might be suffering on the football field or struggling on the football field right now, but you still got guys that are, are coming in there ready to turn this thing around. Well, and I think it's where Michigan's advantage would be when both teams stink is that at least there's a track record there and something that's been established. Uh, Michigan's still putting guys in the pros. Quiddy's going to be a first-round pick. Um, Jalen Mayfield could be a first-round pick. You know, so they're still producing – I think it's a difference where with Norvell and Florida State, it's like every week there's something else that just makes it look like it's off to a completely dysfunctional start. I mean, whether right or wrong, you have Dabo Swinney coming out saying that Florida State didn't even like that they backed out and didn't want to play again, right or wrong, whether, you know, whatever the either way, it's perception is reality in a lot of these types of cases where it's like, you know, like I said, every week and with Florida State feels like there's some different story uh, coming out there and, and, you know, kids read and take they, you know, 
um, translate it the way they want to, you know, and, and yeah, it's like, I know Chris knee, our Florida state guy talked to Cooper as well recently. And yeah, adamant about Michigan being the biggest threat. Um, Chris reiterated that to me. And, and then the other thing on top of that, Florida state, as you would expect them to with any of the guys they have committed strongly, strongly pushing, not only signing early, but enrolling early. Uh, the fact that he's not doing that is huge news. I think that's really a, a massive piece of news for Michigan uh, because I think any program right now, as long as these kids have been been recruited and they can't take unofficial visits between December and, and February, that's not like anything's changing there. I think any kid from any program right now that doesn't sign early is at the very least having second thoughts about where they're committed to. So for Cooper, you know, that's huge considering Michigan far and away the biggest threat to Florida State. Yeah, he was like, I thought it was, it stood out to me in that article where he was like, who's the biggest, Michigan, Michigan. It's like, he was like, definitely uh, the Wolverines are a school that I'm still in contact with and they are absolutely the biggest threat for for Florida State. That's not even just uh, an opinion. He said as much, uh, which which really, really carries weight. Uh, You can see the opportunity for, for playing time. And like you said, I think it's a great point, Steve. Track record, track record, track record. Uh, but that immediate playing time is really, really resonating. We talked about the potential package deal between the two five-star corners in Damani Jackson and Will Johnson. I'm going to have uh, interviews with both of their dads this week on the site, so be sure to check that out as you, you're you going to get some real insight uh, into why these kids are, are – sort of thinking collectively the way they are about Michigan. Because I told you guys on last week's podcast, I had to check to make sure. I wonder if you got this feeling too, Bryce. I mean, are we getting tra- – is this a troll job for all these kids to be talking – I mean, it just it just didn't sound I- – I get why fans look at that, and they just got beat 49-11 to 11, and you're like, yeah, we're we're ready to go. We're ready to go to, ready to, go to Michigan. I mean, you saw in the interview that Damani did – with Greg Biggins, where he said he thought seriously about committing. And then you saw Will Johnson uh, talk really, really glowingly about his Michigan experience and what he's thinking about being a part of the change there. And I'm so convinced that Michigan came out on top with him from the weekend that I put in a crystal ball. Today, Bryce, he laid out his top five, his final five, I should say. Yeah, so his final five for Will Johnson, who's also a Michigan legacy, by the way, is Michigan, Ohio State, Arizona State, Oklahoma, and USC. And so when you look at that top five, you kind of look at, all right, who has he taken a visit to and who's the most recent? It's Michigan. And on top of that, he made a top five that's really similar kind of to top schools. I know he hasn't officially released a top five or top three or top four. But when I talked to Domani Jackson, the five-star out of California, who also took a visit that same weekend, he said, if you follow my social media, you probably got a good hunch who my top schools are. And so Michigan's probably in that top three, four, five for Domani as well. And he was adamant to me, Sam, just, I want to be a package deal with Will. He looked at him. He said, this is a guy I can see on the same secondary and us dominating. Like I said in the last podcast, if you get those two in any secondary, if it's Michigan or House to any secondary, instantly you become one of the top secondaries in the country. And so I think that's intriguing to Will. And also he's got those home times to Michigan. Michigan's making a good push. And I think he really connected not just with Damani, but just all the guys on the visit as well. So that definitely helps. And that's something to watch going forward. Yeah, I think the timing of Will's decision is 
significant uh, if it comes in the next couple of months, which he said there's a chance that it could. Uh, and let's say Michigan, if they were to land that commitment, I think it would be, I think it would be the tipping point with Damani, who is again was very, very, very. He said he thought hard about committing. I think he thought better of doing so in the moment. Maybe thought it would be more prudent to take time to see some other schools to maybe let some of the emotion die down. But he was pretty clear that he felt like the the love for Michigan it would be an enduring sort of emotion for him. But he admitted that when you look around and you see in a couple of weeks, Isaac Thompson's going to make his decision. We all have crystal balls in for Michigan. You have your crystal ball in, Steve? Yep. Bryce, you got your crystal ball in? I do. So consensus there, we all think Isaac Thompson is going there. If if Will follows suit sometime in the in the early part of the year, I think that would be significant. One thing to watch for with Will is when does he get back to Ohio State? I think that that is maybe the last thing, and this is my opinion, I think that is maybe the last thing standing in the way of Will Johnson and a decision. One more visit to Ohio State see what it's about he was going to be going down there for the game in a few weeks but that has since been cut off with the uh, COVID outbreak that we see across the country certainly here in the Midwest so looks like he, his visit schedule has been uh, interrupted for the time being and maybe he'll start uh, thinking about getting back out there early in the new year but the sooner that happens I know some fans might be looking at that with nervousness and trepidation I think the sooner that happens the closer you can get to a decision and the closer you get to a decision with Will, uh, the more influence I think you'll have on the timeline for Damani Jackson. Now, could that be in Ohio State's favor? If Ohio State was able to to maybe flip the leaning, sure. But right now, I really like Michigan with Will Johnson and get him on that visit. Let's see how things go. Because, again, that's another kid that's really thinking about it from the standpoint of being a part of the change. And I got, I guess I didn't really get into this with you last week, Steve. Uh, I asked Bryce if he thought it was a troll job. You see that from that response from fans. Like one guy said to me on the board, I don't know if you caught this, Steve. He was like, well, that's a little bit too optimistic. It was the interview with Damani where he talked about being close to making a decision and all those things. I was like, what can you say beyond quoting a kid? Like I'm not even giving you an opinion. You know, I didn't even offer you a crystal ball on Damani yet. But all we can do is repeat what the kids are saying. And all these guys are saying their opinion of Michigan is higher than it was. Yeah, it's just that's just you know typical jaded. That's the funniest. Like it's one more visit to Ohio State. It's like those are the worst six words I think a Michigan fan wants to hear when they have a potential five star on their doorstep, right? So, um, but no, I know the Damani stuff was optimistic behind the scenes too uh, on both sides. So that's you know it is it was almost a deal where and I think you had mentioned this. It, it you know if if more had been expounded upon between Dumont, you know, and some of the uh, back and forth situation there, it could have been, it could have, would have sounded a lot more positive uh, than it already did, you know? And so I, I think, yeah, other thing, first thing I thought I saw Will Johnson with the top five today. First thing I thought is that that would be Domani Jackson's top five right now. That was the first thing that crossed my mind. I know Oklahoma, probably maybe the one school that hasn't been mentioned as much, but I also know there really hasn't been a lot with Domani Jackson and Clemson or as much with Clemson, uh, recently. So if I were to guess, if you had a top five right now, I would, I would not be one bit surprised, uh, if it'd be the exact same, which I think speaks more volume to the, the, op, the optimism, optimism 
that they both are going to end up at the same school. Um, so, and with Will being the legacy and us hearing the great things we've been hearing coming out of that visit, you know, there's reason, there is real reason for optimism, despite them being on campus for literally the worst home loss in school history. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's like we said, it's like we've covered games where Michigan has blown teams out. I think I did say this last week and like the reaction wasn't as like overwhelmingly glowing as it was after this game. But, but I think it is, I think it speaks, I think it goes back to the track record thing a little bit where I think a lot of these kids also maybe the weirdness of 2022. And I'm not sure if that's something that any schools are kind of trying to play or use on the trail, but just to say, it's been a weird year. It's been an off year. You know, this is a blip on the radar, not, an indictment of where the program is actually really at, you know, and again, that's up to the kids and families to figure out, but um, you know, you are seeing some pretty, you know, LSU has been terrible. Uh, just a lot of wacky, wacky stuff outside of like your typical top five or six teams that have been winning every year, but the rest of the programs in the country, it feels like a really just up and down type deal. So um, yeah, I know it, it's, it would naturally feel like a troll job uh, the way that it all played out, but no, I mean, it's, you even got, we've gotten past the afterglow period, mm-hmm. you know, of a positive visit and things still look positive in a lot of these races. So, you know, I think that's where you can kind of sit back and say, okay, this is real. Now it's on, it's up to Michigan to maybe string together a couple wins here in a row, kind of keep the positive momentum building on the field and then maybe, you know, finish it out. We'll see how they finish it out, but, uh, and then take it from there. Yeah. Speaking of how they finish it out there is a really big fish, probably the biggest fish after J.J. McCarthy in the class, right here on the in-state front, and the clock is ticking. The sand is running out of the hourglass when it comes to uh, making a decision, and that guy, his name is Donovan Edwards. Let's get to a break. We'll come back on the other side, pick things up, but not just Donovan, but also Dylan Tatum, and then an elsewhere committed prospect here in-state that the Wolverines, their interest has never waned, and Wonder if they're going to turn the heat back up on them. We'll get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So, guys, Donovan Edwards, uh, just like every other prospect here in the state of Michigan who is playing on a team still alive in the playoffs, the playoffs have been delayed. The COVID-19 outbreak, the order that was issued by the Department of Health and Human Services here in the state of Michigan uh, basically shut down High schools, uh, restaurants, you know, a lot of indoor uh, indoor venues closed those down for a period of three weeks. So that put him on the shelf, uh, his high school, the finish of his high school career on the shelf. And to put the focus uh, back on his recruitment and how are things going to play out, you know, where would Michigan be with, with him considering Georgia still alive, Oklahoma still in the mix, right? And how about this, Steve? Notre Dame uh, still hovering a bit, seeming like uh, you know they're they're going to take one last opportunity to shoot their shot. I just feel like of of all the schools that they have the most ground to cover here in the final few moments leading up to his decision. Classic case of where winning can make a difference, right? I mean, Notre Dame was an afterthought two or three months ago. Now they're on the doorstep of going to the college football playoff. Really, they probably win on Saturday. It doesn't matter what happens if they have a rematch against Clemson. I you got, I got to assume that they would be one of the four, even with a loss, uh, barring, you know, whatever. Don't have to get into that. But either way, Notre Dame winning at a heavy clip. Kyron Williams 
has been showing out for them too. You know they're in his ear about that. They're not splitting it. It's one thing to split it. It's another thing where, I, you know, you kind of wonder if Michigan's splitting it to the length that they are is, you know, I kind of wonder, is that going to be a negative or a positive in this recruitment? You know, is, um, you know, that's something I don't know if he's been asked yet because we haven't, you know, they've only played a handful of games here. But uh, either way, you know, that's, yeah, that's one of those things where, like, this is what winning games can do for you. This is the difference between being – four and three or five and two or being like seven and own, you know, like I said, being on the doorstep of, of going to the playoffs. So, you know, can't count Notre Dame out just for that simple fact. And it's close. You know, there is the proximity. I don't know how big of a factor that is for him, but it can't hurt that they're close. So um, yeah, no, I mean, and then Oklahoma is actually quietly rebounded too, and they look really good again. So, you know, I don't know if that's a factor or not, but you know, Michigan's got their work cut out, but like we've said before, the, other stuff, the the COVID stuff has been almost really a positive for them. And the idea that he just hasn't gotten to go see anybody else and really isn't probably going to get the chance to see anybody else at this point. So, uh, you know, that's one where, Hey, you'll take it. it it's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing Michigan, you know, nothing Michigan did to make any of this happen. It's not their fault. You know, it's like, but you got to take it. You take the advantages when you can get them. I mean, there are a lot of geographical type deals that go against Michigan on the recruiting trail. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you might as well take them when you can get them. I think you nailed it, Steve, uh, when you talk about, look, it's not like we are making light of COVID-19. I know you weren't doing that, Steve. I'm not doing that in co-signing what you just said, but it is in a trivial sense when you're just talking about recruiting, it is a fortuitous bounce for Michigan that he hasn't been anywhere else. The longer this goes, I actually think it it benefits Michigan too. Because he, you know, his his I'm, I'm talking about the longer the season goes, the longer his high school season goes, because his his focus just isn't on recruiting. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's had an opportunity here in the last week or so, last you know week week and a half to focus a little more on it. But I mean, they're about to ramp back up, get back into practice, getting ready for, uh, getting ready for the playoff return. I know he has a Zoom schedule with Zoom or FaceTime. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's going to shoot their shot uh, again today. Uh, here on Monday, that he has a session scheduled with them. But I just think from a relationship standpoint, all the other schools are are ahead of them in that regard. And even though they are doing better than all those schools on the field, and you got to give them credit for that. You know, Notre Dame has rebounded in a huge way. I mean, it's hard to believe this is the same team that Michigan destroyed last year. Uh, you know, that is serving them well, I think, in the eyes of these recruits. But he's Donovan is different, man. I I asked around to really get a feel for it. not not just Don, not just asking Donovan because I think it's important to kind kind of get a feel from the people around a kid. You know, is this real? Is it legit? If the kid is saying that he doesn't really get caught up in, it's not as big a deal to him if they got blown out on the football field, or it's not really moving him. What other schools are hitting him with, saying that hey, the coach might not be there. Is that real? You talk to the people around Donovan, it just sounds like it's not moving him as much. That he's not, it's not really affecting Michigan to the degree that you think it would, their struggles on the football field, or the constant talk about Harbaugh's job status, right? Now, you might say, well, if he doesn't care about what's going on in the football field, well, why not Why not Michigan State? I just think the relationships with these other schools, namely Michigan, Georgia, uh, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, and even even Notre Dame. I think the relationships with those schools, those staffs, are just better than Michigan State, which is why I think they're on the outside looking in 
on that one. But this is another one of those cases, Bryce, where you got a guy, a kid that's talking about being a part of the change. He's that kind of kid that that really appeals to. He's that kind of guy that feels like if he could be the face of a program or a face of part of the change, it's a really big deal. And if you get him, you talk about these dominoes and will they fall, if you get him, guess who you start looking a whole lot better for? His young teammate in 2022, Mr. Dylan Tatum. So Dylan kind of gets overshadowed just because he happens to play with one of the best running backs in the whole country. But the thing is with Dylan – He's actually good two ways. And so Michigan and Ohio State and a lot of other schools kind of look at him and say, hey, you could play corner. Like you have the ability, you have the length, you have the talent, the ball skills to go out there and excel. And so Michigan has kind of flip roles, kind of how they do it for Sean Benny. And they asked him, they said, you know, how would you feel about being recruited as an athlete? And he was all for it. And so Zordich has kind of taken the reins in terms of that recruitment with Jay Harbaugh um, at Jim as well. And so they made that push towards him. And he's a guy that he's right in your backyard. He's a guy that can instantly make an impact, I feel like. And he's got all the traits you're looking for and a guy that could go both ways. So in terms of Donovan, his impact with Dylan Tatum, it could be huge. It's a guy that he connects with every day. He sees with practice. He's on these Zoom calls, like you said, Sam, in terms of prepping for the state championship run. And he's the guy that he kind of looks up to as well. So that'd be huge if they could get Donovan in terms of Dylan Tatum's recruitment. I know that Dylan is paying attention to how things are looking in the recruiting classes. I mean, he was another guy around for that Wisconsin, uh, that Wisconsin game and watching that play out, you know, watching that game, but hearing how the recruits responded to it. Because, again, guys, you know, part of the vibe that we were getting about the all the package deal talk was coming from the other kids. Like Isaac Thompson was like, man, Michigan's getting Damani Jackson. You know, I'm getting, that's just something that I didn't put in. the Like I, could, I should put up the video clip uh, where he says, I think you guys are going to really be happy about Damani Jackson. I might play that clip here in the podcast as whether you guys are talking. I'll pull it up. So where he says, hey, you guys are going to be really happy about, about Damani. Now, of course, Damani is not ready to commit. He's he's looking around and still surveying the area as far as his recruitment is, is concerned. But Dylan heard about that. I mean, he could, he picked up on that vibe about those two guys possibly going to Michigan. Uh, and I know that's something that he's been talking about, talking to people in the circle about, like, man, if those two guys go to Michigan, and, and they could, they're corners, but, hey, he could be a safety slash nickel. And he's like, you know, that that would be an unbelievable secondary. So you say they just need one of these dominoes to fall down, Steve. If they could just get one of them to topple, you just feel like it could open the, the floodgates. The problem is, you know, we just don't know how long it's going to take for one to topple. Will Isaac Thompson be that guy? Uh, you know, you wonder if that's the case. But if whether it's whether it's, uh, you know, the two five stars in in 2022 or Donovan Edwards, here in 2021, I think that one of those two scenarios is the more likely uh, domino if there's going to be one. If one of those scenarios falls, I think it's going to be a huge momentum boon for for the maize and blue. Yeah, so they're all dipping their toe in the water, but nobody will quite take the leap in, right? I mean, that's really where they're at right now because it is. It looks like they're in good shape. There's a lot of guys out there. I was looking at the 2022 Crystal Ball like list. You can go to the site. If you click on Crystal Ball, it'll just give you just the guys that are uh, have Michigan predictions in their favor. In 2022, 
you know, man, I mean, there's so much potential there more than there usually is. I know there's a lot, usually a lot of early optimism with some guys when Michigan's good at identifying kids, you know, making relationships early, but 22 seems like it could be uh, the, like an even greater uh, step up early. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, we've seen it before we've seen, I mean, well, heck that's how Michigan's classes have been built. I mean, they get like 85% of their class every year in like a two week period. It feels like, you know, it's like our, uh, makes it a lot more difficult to cover it for 12 months out of the year when, you know, 25 of the 30 kids they sign are within like a three or four week period. So uh, yeah, no, but I think, yeah, you see one guy go might make it a lot more um, enticing for another guy who already thinks that's where they want to go to, to join in. So, you know, definitely there. The other thing too, say when Dylan Tatum really to me, one of the more important quietly, one of the more important targets because of that two way, Ability. That's the kind of guy that it can be really valuable in the class because they can take him and they can still pitch running back to their running back targets and they can still pitch defensive back to their defensive back targets without really, you know, it's not it's not facetious to do so. You have a guy who could legitimately end up on either side of the ball or depending, I mean, maybe see time on both sides. We'll see. But is a guy that really, you know, you can kind of plug him in when you're pitching to the rest of your board, uh, kind of where you want to put him like. You know, so with a kid like uh, Payne out of Cincinnati, the running back target, you know, Michigan would maybe tell him that Tatum was like, you know, we like him at defensive back. We still want you as our, t-, you know, one of those types of deals. So, and it be, and it's legit, you know, so I think Tatum's quietly a very, very intriguing and important prospect for Michigan in 22 because he's in state. He is kind of overshadowed by the Edwards deal. I think Tatum's a legit top 150, top 175 type recruit. And then also just because of that two way ability. All right, so guys, I mentioned that Isaac Thompson was one of the kids who, while on the visit, spoke like, boy, Damani Jackson really, really loved his visit. And I think people maybe thought, maybe felt like we were embellishing things a bit, and nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, that kid, and I left it out of the interview, here is Isaac Thompson sort of reflecting upon the weekend and who he thought Michigan had improved itself significantly with on the visit weekend. So uh, you said Michigan Michigan improved itself with you on this visit? Oh yeah, for 100%, just with the guys and just seeing the campus and getting the feel for the atmosphere in Ann Arbor and I love it. All right, so did you get a feeling from being in a room that Michigan helped itself with any other guys? Like who would you say coming out of the weekend Michigan helped itself with as much as they helped themselves with you? Well, one guy is definitely Damani Jackson and I think yeah, I think you guys would be really happy about that. <laughs> so, so fellas, uh, he, it was not subtle there at all when he said, I think you guys are going to be really, really happy about that. But now, of course, Damani's not committed to Michigan at all. He is still looking around at his options. But the point being, the impact, the significance of the vibe he gave off that weekend is a real thing with these recruits. And certainly, I think it's a real thing. I think it's a real thing with Isaac. He's going to be announcing his decision coming up here in a few weeks. And, Steve, I think I think it's actually lost on people when you consider that there's a consensus, like 100% crystal ball, uh, you know, in favor of Michigan with Isaac. I think people take have, lo- have lost sight of the fact that this is one of the top defensive back recruits in that class. I mean, this is the top 247 guy we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, so – We've kind of been talking for a while about how good, not just how good this defensive back class is as a whole, but also that Michigan is in 
on a lot of these guys and how it's been one position where they have, and again, fans can gripe about this all they want. Michigan, by and large, has gotten, the corners that they've gotten are guys that they've targeted early and that they've liked, even if they weren't ranked highly. Uh, This cycle looked like it could be the exception where they're going to get a lot of guys that they targeted early that are really highly ranked. And Thompson isn't one of the first five or six guys that we've really brought up, at least at the beginning, you know, as far as the safety product, he was listed at corner for a while, but he's definitely being recruited at safety. Um, has all the offer, m- most of the offers uh, that you'd want, uh, you know, as a top 150 guy, though, elite athlete, you know, and quietly, really the thing is, like I said, was a corner by trade earlier on in his high school career. So as a guy that's played in coverage a lot, you know, yeah, quietly to me, very high ceiling, you know, pickup and a guy that provided it is Michigan is the choice. I think, yeah, we already mentioned we all have crystal balls in and I think there are like seven or eight now all in favor of Michigan at this point, uh, you know, provided he stays on course for his announcement. I think we'd be surprised if Michigan wasn't the choice, but is again, yeah, another like building block defensive back type for Michigan to pick up in this 22 cycle. You know, yeah. like I said, we haven't talked about Turner Gooden, Keon Sab. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other guys out there that they're still like recruiting that are really highly ranked. And Thompson was, like I said, not one of the first guys we bring up, but is a top 150 guy in his own right. And a guy that, you know, Michigan fans would be ecstatic if he was in this class. Yeah. And influenced by the vibe he got on that weekend, really like Michigan ahead of time. But boy, when he got there and he heard Will Johnson and Damani Jackson talking like they were talking and feeling like, man, this could be the start of, of a special secondary. I think it influenced him. I think it influenced him in a big way. And it's one of the reasons why I have a crystal ball in for him. Uh, and I think that same sort of vibe was kind of given off to Dylan Tatum. Like, so what if you had a secondary with, with Will Johnson on one side, Damani Jackson on the other. Uh, and then at the safety positions, you came back with Isaac Thompson and Dylan Tatum. I mean, they, those guys are talking like it's possible. Now it's just talk right now. Uh, we'll see how things go from from this point forward. December fourth is the date for Isaac Thompson. Problem for them is Bryce. That's not right now. That doesn't help you next year. Those are 2022 guys. The pickings in 2021 are pretty slim. You got Sierra Wright, who we talked about last week on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. You got the kid who we talked about on several Michigan Recruiting Insiders, including today, Omarion Cooper. And then what do you look if you were trying to really bolster the corner position? I mean, you got Jaden McBurrows in this class, but where else do you look to potentially bolster it? And the 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 one place that y- you look the hardest, I mean, I, I guess you could say that the transfer portal, but short of that, you're looking in other recruiting classes. And Steve, I know you talked about this. Bryce, I know you just went to see this kid, but a, one of the top guys on, on Michigan's list. And I think that all along, they've thought much higher of him than the rankings, including our own analysts have thought of him. But Mr. Kalen King, Steve, that is a guy that we know Michigan was very, very high on, and they didn't stop being high on him uh, just because he committed to Penn State. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone upset about Michigan being two and three. Uh, could be Penn State right now at 0 and 5. One of those deals where, yeah, I mean, Michigan, I think, you know, Kalen King, talk about Jordan Lewis earlier. Uh, I know same high school, but again, similar deal. I think similar skill set, similar game um, is a guy, you know, I expect, I think they've, there's been some contact there. 
not sure what the level of recent. I mean, those, the kids, the King kids were super solid to Penn state when they committed. I mean, that was a, you know, and they also had uh, in-state allies that were really, really pressing Penn state on them too, you know? And so again, I don't know though, Oh, and five and the two teams play this weekend, obviously a nice little backdrop to some potential, a potential situation with this recruitment, but again, zero reason for Michigan to not at least, do some pressing here and see what they can get out of it. There is no reason. I put it this way. If the shoe was on the other foot, Penn State would be all over, all over it right now. They would be all over trying to flip, you know, if there's a Michigan kid uh, kid committed to Michigan somewhere in Pennsylvania, not too far from Happy Valley that they liked, they would be going all out. And there is zero reason right now. You know, Michigan has struggled, but Penn State has struggled far worse in my opinion. They got shellacked by Nebraska. You know, um, I mean, well, Michigan State kind of stinks too. So, uh, but either way, top in-state kid in your class, a guy that, like you said, they've loved him. They they are much higher on him than the rankings are, even though he did get a nice bump recently. Uh, has been a top top three, four target overall at corner for them for months. So, we'll be fascinating to see if they can get anywhere with this one. I, I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of uncertain. But if Penn State continues to struggle, you know, I, I just you gotta at least. Listen, you know, if you're especially again, the need at corner, that's the other thing they need them. So it's not as if it's just a, this isn't a different position. Like this isn't linebacker or a safety or, well, I mean, they need guy or wide receiver, you know, like spots where Michigan's young and like talented. And this is a spot where they really, really need a couple guys. So that's the other thing, but yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> interesting. It's just, they need, they have to push on this. Like there's just no reason not to. So. Yeah, Bryce, I know you went to see uh you've seen Kalen King here recently. I know you were going there to see Raheem. But Kalen King has been outstanding this season. Every bit the player that you know, that Michigan valued him as. I'm just curious your thoughts as you went out to see him play this year. So, I went to go see him in a playoff game against Woodhaven. Usually, that's a good setting because, again, the other team they're facing, they're in the playoffs and they've advanced a couple rounds. They should be pretty decent. And they didn't really test him. They knew better and they threw one ball to him. And it was kind of like one of those plays you'd see David Long, I want to say, against Maryland a few years back, where even the announcers like, that's textbook how you just cover that. You push them against, you know, the sideline, press them against there, turn your head around and smack the ball down. And so, he was in striding with the wideout, looked perfect. And on top of that, they had him at a punt returner, and he took a punt back, I want to say about 75 yards, and made a couple moves. So he's a guy that can do it all. I know Cast Tech did that with Jordan Lewis, and so he kind of translated pretty well to Michigan. So in the end, I think, like Steve said, you have to kick the tires here. It'd kind of be dumb not to. And I think his brother, too, I watched Kobe King, who's a linebacker for them as well, committed to Penn State. He's just as good. I think he's a guy that's kind of underrated. He's a kind of big thumper kid. He's kind of bigger, more muscular. But again, with the linebacker situation, especially Jaden Hood, just in case anything happens, you could have an opening there as well. So just to kick the tires, kind of see gauge your interest, see where it is. And on top of that, it doesn't hurt. I feel like having Sharon Moore now in state, your ace recruiter, you know, working the in state roads and trying to feel that out as well. So in the end, he'd be a perfect fit if Michigan could flip him. We'll see if anything comes from it. But it's a smart move by them to at least see. Look, I'm right there with you guys on kicking the tires on this one. I mean, I'm looking at this from a few different angles. Number one, like you said, yes, Michigan struggling, but Penn State struggling worse. 
I I wonder how much of a lure the in-state guys that are at Penn State really are for these in-state guys anymore. I mean, you got Enzo Jennings there. You got Lance Dixon there. But are either of those guys doing a whole lot right now? I mean, are they, you know, are they having the, the kind of impact that they expected to have to, to this point? You know, I just don't know how good of an advertisement they are as far as lures are concerned. I mean, those are very, very talented guys that I just don't know that that they have they've had the kind of presence on that roster that maybe a lot of people thought they were going to have when they were getting recruited. That's number one. Uh, the second thing is uh, you, you talk about need. You talk about the opportunity to go in with a, with a teammate, a captain on your team, and Raheem Anderson, who's a very, very popular guy. Then you also add to it that, look, Kobe King was not just the throw-in for Michigan. Michigan loved Kobe King, too. There's a need at, at linebacker to continue to uh, – you, you saw how much of a, a priority it was in this class. So you got to believe that – that that wouldn't change either, even with how well Michigan has done at that spot. And the very last thing to both of you guys' point, you cannot, in my opinion, if you're Michigan, afford to leave this stone unturned. And what do I mean by that? I don't think it's enough to just check to see if there might, if there might be interest on his part. Who cares if he's not showing interest at this point? Who cares if there's no reciprocity? You make him tell you no. And I don't think that it's a bad look if he if you try and he says no and it's and it's public that you tried and he said no. I mean, do, does that make you think ill of Michigan Bryce or you Steve does, is that a a shine a poor light on Michigan if they kicked the tires and everyone found out they kicked the tires and he said no? I don't think it does anything at all and hell, I think it makes it seem like Michigan is doing his due diligence at least to me. With in-state recruiting, I think that was one of the big things is they're not recruiting in-state. They're not really showing that attention to the in-state guys. So I think that'd be huge in terms of just saying, hey, we want you. And no matter what your status is right now, we want you in this class. And so looking at him, again, he's just a perfect fit in terms of the school, in terms of position, in terms of what he can instantly bring to your team. And I think it's just it's just a smart move. And like you said, if you're gonna do it, go all in with it. Yeah, go go hard. And look, I, I look, I think Michigan does recruit in state. I think it, it maybe is a little bit of an embellishment from other schools to say that they don't. Uh maybe some maybe there's some places that they haven't had success that gives off the gives off the um perception, uh gives off the impression that maybe they don't value the state uh, as much. I think that they they have really worked hard to bolster themselves in state. I think this is more an optics thing, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. My, my opinion on it, the optics of taking a run at this guy and him, it, what if he gives you the cold shoulder and then he's in the Detroit News talking about why not Michigan. You know how they do those those pieces? It's the news or the free press where they say, why not Michigan? Yep. And then you see a guy like take a shot, like, hey, you know, they wanted me and I told them no. I just don't – I don't know that well, – I shouldn't say I don't know. I don't think that's something you should give a damn about at this point, especially with the need that you have. Give it a shot. Go all in with both feet. Put the whole staff, you know, from Jim Harbaugh to Sharon Moore to Mike Zordich, everybody. Put everyone on this kid and have him tell you no. And he tells you no, so what? So what? You, you laid it down. 
you tried your hardest to the bell to get a kid who is that good. I mean, I think it's I heard and I think I said this on a on a previous podcast where there's a very, very prominent member of the Cast Tech family who said he will be the best defensive back they've ever had. That's saying a whole hell of a lot. Yep. So, I mean, that's not a guy that, you know, you you just check on. That's a guy, I don't care who he's – I don't care how long he's been committed, how strong he says that commitment is, you try until he signs on a dotted line, in my opinion. Hopefully that's the tact that Michigan takes, guys. Before we get out of here, any other guys that you think Michigan will take a run at that might be committed elsewhere or you think Michigan should take a run at? You know, at this point with the uh, with the early signing period fast approaching. Uh, well, one phone call I expect Michigan to make if if it's not already been made already is to uh, Thomas Fedoni, the tight end out of Council Bluffs, Iowa, who's the nation's top tight end in the twenty one class according to twenty four seven. Really, a guy that has had high had high interest in Michigan throughout, and like had like probably three or four times he was had kind of had rough plans to come up and visit, but was never able to make it work. Uh, committed to Nebraska, and again, Nebraska, another program, really, you know, things are not panning out for Scott Frost so far. Fedoni, I believe, tweeted some cryptic-ish type thing about being unsure about things, and, you know, it could could have been could have been what he wanted for dinner. Uh, but as college football Twitter goes, it's assumed that he's talking about his commitment to Nebraska or just the state of the Nebraska program. So that's one where I again I expect Michigan to at least reach out and and try to work that one a little bit and see again maybe they can get up get them up to campus in the next three or four weeks, you know that's their best shot. And again, there's another one where it's like no downside to doing it. So uh, he's another one to watch. Again, I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put many expectations on it, but like, you know I would argue Michigan at worst was third when he committed to Nebraska. At worst, you know I almost think Michigan was the other school that really was like in it, in it. You know, I think LSU was probably another one too, but uh, Michigan had worked really hard there. So, yeah, I mean, Michigan's not off to a good start, but there are other programs out there off to worse starts that maybe Michigan could take advantage of. Nebraska, another one. All right, Bryce, anyone for you? So it's not a guy that they have or they should maybe reach out. They have already with this kid. It's Cameron Bergeron, who is a Duke commit. Is a 2021 cornerback in Michigan just recently offered him. Um, he's and I, when I talked to him, he said, you know, I've been in contact with Coach Zordich. He's a guy that you know I'm really connecting with, and I'm definitely considering. So, kind of makes sense because in terms of academics, Duke's a high academic school. This kid uh, fits when I've watched the film. Plays man to man. He's physical. He's not afraid to come up and help and run support. And he's from the Peach State, Georgia. And so a lot of talent is from that state. And anytime you can slowly kind of build a pipeline to any school down there is a positive. So that's a guy that's on the radar as well for Michigan. Yeah. A lot to still cover. I know it seems like uh, nothing going on much with recruiting right now, at least in the 21 class, but you know, as we get closer to signing day or the early signing period, I think you're going to see a lot of schools kicking the tires. Hell schools are kicking the tires on Michigan's recruits. One guy that we will be digging more on throughout the week is Xavier worthy. A lot of rumblings out there about, a potential visit to Alabama. I think there's reason to be confident in Michigan's ability to retain him. Remember, he was just on campus a few weeks ago. He's going to be an early guy, an early enrollee. All things are on track for that to take place. Uh, so it would take some, it, it would take some undoing 
for other schools. Now, the talk is Bama. If there's a school that's capable of doing that, it certainly would be Bama. They would fit that description. Can they get him on campus? That'll be something that we're really, really digging into. But uh, between the class, his connection with Josh Gaddis, I think you have to feel not you can't feel totally secure, but you got to feel confident in Michigan's ability to hold on to him. I, I certainly want you guys to take on it before we get out of here. Now you got to have some caution there, Steve, but this this one is one that Michigan has prioritized from the beginning, and I think that's one of the things that gives them a good shot of retaining him, even if even if this this Alabama thing does turn out to have some legs to it. Yeah, so I know uh, Hank South, our Alabama guy, said it's it's up in the air whether or not, you know, that there's talk that he may try to visit for the Iron Bowl. Uh, but it sounds like that's up in the air right now. So we'll see if if he does follow through with that. Obviously, you have to watch it. Uh, but again, you know, ah, it's just he, – he just was – you know, if you're Michigan, actually, you're probably disappointed that he came up the weekend that he did right. come up yeah. and not the weekend after. They might not be dealing with any of this right now if he had been up there when everybody else was there. You know, which – because I think he and – was it Dixon had come up the, that weekend were the only guys, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like they're and just Andrell, there. Andrell was here. Okay, so, you know, it's like you got three guys, which, you know, it's still guys, but next weekend, the, you know, you had McCarthy, you had all the other guys. You know, maybe it wouldn't be in this situation of, of any kind if they had all been up there the same weekend. But either way, I mean, you know, one of their most important recruits, uh, even though they're young and talented at receiver right now, is just, you know, we've talked about how great we think this kid is and how big of a big-time player he is. You know, ironically enough, he'd be – just make people sick. He would be Alabama's fourth-highest-rated receiver in the class, too. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's, like, something you you pitch if <laughs> you're trying to hang on to him. Uh, but either way, uh would just be uh, very, very disappointing if, if Alabama makes any headway here, I think. Because, you know, Alabama is one of those programs you're just – you're naturally nervous – when they're when they're even mentioned, uh, whether it's super serious or not, you know, and so they feel like they can come in and I feel like they think they can come in and get anybody they want anytime, just about, you know, and so with Worthy being as talented as he is, it's not really a surprise that they're still trying. Um, one thing, I'm not a big social media checker as far as like activity. One thing about his recruitment about Worthy's thing I thought was really odd was like all of a sudden, like about a week or so ago, a bunch of like random faceless Alabama accounts just started just blasting tweets at him kind of out of nowhere, you know? And it's like, and that's, and now all of a sudden, now you're talking about the iron bowl here. It's like very, just, I just thought, I don't know, random, but I thought that was like very interesting. It's like three or four accounts that were like the exact same setup, the whole thing, no names, no faces, just like, you know, like roll tide recruiting or something like that. (laughs) All of a sudden just hitting him up every other hour, just about um, relentless, you know? And so, I don't know if that's where the ball gets rolling a little bit or how that, you know, how that all operates or whatever, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Gotcha. Well, guys, great stuff as always, always a wealth of information. I am just, I can't say enough. I think the team at TMI, I mean, covers all the bases second to none when it comes to hitting the trail, working the phones, working social media. Uh, this crew is the absolute best. Steve, Bryce, uh, you know, Hinchke, Newkirk, Zach Shaw, who was out in Piscataway this week. We just cover all the bases. And for those of you who are always looking for a deal, right? Well, let me just tip you off to keep an eye on the MichiganInsider.com. Let's say, how about you 
peek in there starting on Wednesday. If you were waiting on maybe an opportunity to take advantage of a, of a great deal on a subscription, if you haven't taken the plunge yet, let me just point to Wednesday. Just a little tip. Someone told me that there might be something for you to be on the lookout for. Something big for you to be out on the lookout for on Wednesday. All right? In the meantime, in between time, thanks for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review it. If you've done that already, be sure to tell your friends all about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you, you name it. You can find it there. We'll be back after the holiday. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. And we will see you next week here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.